episode one of the Songwriters Couch. Uh, with us today for episode one is the one, the only, Mr. Nathan Teal. Thank you for coming on the show, man. For sure. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is our second attempt at recording this, too, because we had some technical difficulties. So we've got uh, a wonderful uh, a wonderful young lady behind the, the uh, cameras here doing some switching for us. So we'll, uh, we'll hopefully be uh, going a little smoother here. Uh, on what we're doing. So thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah. I really appreciate it. So um, I guess we'll start with, uh, what was that riff we were just playing? Uh, that's our that's our co-written song. <laughs> that's that, was right. your, that was your riff. That's right. And and Nathan was making fun of me uh, because uh, I didn't remember it. And and he's tuned a half step down, so he was fooling me as we were getting <laughs> into, uh, into tuning here for Dad Gad, uh, if anyone doesn't know what that is. Uh, what that uh, tuning is, which is when you tune the D down or the E down to a D, uh, both E's down to a D, right? Yeah, and, and the B then, goes uh, to an A. Yeah, and the B goes to an D, A. So, a, D, T, oh, you know what? A, I think D. I didn't. Oh, did I? Yeah, I think I did tune it down to an A. You did. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, in the end there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we got to work on that song and we got to get a good recording of it, I yes. think, at some point soon. So, needs to happen. Um, but yeah, so this is the first show. Uh, we've got some sponsors that will hopefully show up in the beginning of this episode after it's all edited and all that stuff. So, um, we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about them at a later uh, later time, um, but I want to start by uh, talking to you, Nathan, about how kind of you got into music first of all, um, and then kind of talk about what you're doing with your career now, um, where it's going, and and uh, kind of your songwriting process, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Cool. And uh, to start though, for first episode, let's toast a little bit. We've got some generic Picasso Cheers. whiskey uh, here that we're drinking. <laughs> I don't think that's an actual brand unless it is. Then if they want to sponsor us, they can come on and sponsor us. I just put a, a label on this decanter thing. Picasso sticker on it. Okay. So, yeah. So what, what um, I guess we'll start there. What got you into music? Um, was your family like uh, musical or? Um, so I, I, I couldn't necessarily tell you exactly when I got into music. Um, music's just been kind of part of my life from the get-go, as far as I can tell. Um, it was in my blood. My my uh, recently discovered biological grandfather on my on my father's side, he was a rock musician back in, like, the 60s. Um, hold on, hold on. Do you want to get into the recently discovered? No, <laughs> not particularly. No. Um, that's a long story in and of itself. Um <laughs> But yeah, so he was a he was a rock musician uh, in the '60s. I don't know like what bands he was in or anything like that. But um, those are all mysteries yet to be uncovered. And my okay. grandfather, the grandfather that I knew locally, who my, my mother's father, he was a, a folk gospel musician. Huh. Um, so he played a lot of bluegrass, banjo, harmonica, guitar, et cetera, et cetera. True, um, true Americana style. Music, yeah, uh, like like. Gospel stuff, like if you're thinking gospel, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you think when you think gospel, but I think Gaithers. I think the the you know the scene in uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, where oh, uh, there's the three sirens in the in the water. That's what I think of when when I when I hear gospel for some reason. I don't know I why. Need to watch that movie again. Have you, you know, I forget the, how the song goes now. That's, but uh, that's uh, what's his yeah. Face? It's an old like uh, an old hymn. Yeah, yeah. That they do in there. Great music in that that. Yeah. 
movie, by the way. I, I yeah. would like to rewatch that again. Sometimes. That's a so, fantastic movie. Sorry. I only so, just saw that a few months ago. And so did the did Sirens come to you, and get, or did you sell, no, your, sell your soul on no, a, that wasn't on the crossroads? A thing. That, didn't, that okay. didn't happen. Okay, so at some point you got um, <laughs> you got handed an instrument, or you picked up. Yeah, so so I had always I had always kind of like fiddled with my grandfather's instruments. I had piano lessons when I was like eight, nine years old, something like that. And I kind of gave up on that because my they they didn't progress. Um, so that whatever the philosophy was with a particular teacher that we had, um, we just like, it stayed at the same spot for like six months and I got bored of it. So I quit. Mm. Um, that was with the fiddle you said? No piano. Oh, piano. Yeah. Okay. A little bit different than a fiddle. Huh. Um, <laughs> I kind of wish some you, minor differences there. Yeah. I kind of wish you played a fiddle now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, the piano was my first instrument. Um, I learned the Suzuki method at like yeah. eight or nine years old and um, got to a point and got bored of it and just quit and didn't teach myself again until I was 15, 16 years old, something like that. Ah. Um, and But guitar has been my main instrument since I was 11 or 12. I had started playing air guitar to some old Stephen Curtis Chapman stuff <laughs> um, as a Christian, like a major Christian artist. artist. And, uh, and I told my mom once, I was like, you know, I think if I had a if I had a real guitar, I think I'd be pretty good at it. That's from playing air guitar. Yeah. So I sucked at it for a long time. Um, I had no sense of rhythm or anything until. But I you was, looked real cool doing. Yeah. It. Yeah. Is that, I mean, is that yeah. The? It's an old <laughs> nylon string guitar with no uh, no sex appeal at all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you had sex appeal, Nate. No, I don't think don't I did. Don't worry about um, it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I like I had no rhythm at all. I was sitting playing with my brother one night, and I'm watching his arm flop around like like a dead fish kind of thing. I was yeah. like, okay, let me try that. And, haven't really had much trouble with it ever since. Huh. So you kind of taught yourself. Well, obviously you knew some theory from from piano or whatever. Right? Um, some some minor theory. What I've learned of theory, I've mostly forgotten. But people will tell me like, you know, theory. You just don't know how to phrase it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's me too. I never got any formal training. I can't read music. Yeah. I really don't even know even scales. Like what's in key? What's uh, like like it? Just kind of. I keep trying to go back to it and 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 learn it and it's just like it doesn't work for my yeah, brain it's, for it's, whatever reason i don't know and i know i'll get flack for that but yeah well you're a good guitar player and a good songwriter so i don't think it matters i think uh, you know there's there's a lot of musicians out there that that never learned theory never learned how to read music right. or, or anything about it. they just it's a feeling i think and and almost yeah it's not good for my superiority complex though <laughs> no what that you that, that you, i don't know theory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why because you want to you want to know uh yeah i want to feel know. like a big shot you know okay. just like just, yeah just just throw out like yeah. delorean and yeah i go to talk to my friend and, my, uh, my friends who know theory and i'm like suddenly i'm like, i don't know what the <laughs> well, heck you're talking about it's like coding yeah for well computers here's here's something i've learned though there are musicians that that are great at at the theory part of it, right, uh, and and that's it's got its space for it because um, a lot of times I'll go certain like I have uh, uh, Greg in the band and and Garrigan and some other individuals that are that are trained they know their their technical stuff uh, about music, right, and so if I'm searching for something, sometimes they can actually you know pull it. Oh, you mean this um, when I'm trying to kind of find a like a bridge for a mm-hmm. song or something they could be like oh well what about these chords just because in theory it you know it it, right. it should work and maybe i alter that a little bit or they alter it or whatever um after the fact but i found that songwriting in and of itself is a skill set that i don't know if there's i guess there are classes for it you could probably take yeah. but i don't know if it makes sense to really you know 
need to like do a class on it necessarily, other than maybe storytelling, you know, yeah, melodies. No. I get ads for it on Facebook all the time, though. Oh, like for master, songwriting, master songwriting classes and with stuff who? like that. Do you know who? Like I don't the, know. They're always they're always like these like multi platinum, yeah, uh, Nashville I'd, writers that like what. Yeah, I've never heard your name before until you start talking about who you've written for. Yeah. I still don't know if you've actually written for them. Yeah, well, it's funny but, too because that's a whole that's a whole genre of of musician too that just writes songs and that's right. that's what they do and they never actually perform live. They never record anything. Mm-hmm. They just write for other artists, which is kind of cool. I'd like to I'd like to do that at some point. Just write yeah. for someone else and then watch them like express. Right, the song. However. That's why, I, like, I love the production side of things. Like, I, I would love to just be behind the scenes, yeah, and never have to like play a guitar live. Yeah, I like, like, the, I, like, I enjoy playing live. Don't get me wrong. Um, there's a certain energy that you get, it's like a certain adrenaline rush you get from that. But um, yeah, I feel like, like if I could have my way about it, if there's one spot in the music scene that I would like to be, it would be behind the scenes, writing music and producing music, and that would be it. Yeah. Huh. All I'd right. be happy there. Yeah, I think the older I get too, the more I the more I want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> because you have to carry equipment everywhere, yeah. <laughs> like loading, unloading. It's the worst part of the whole thing. Yeah, like, it sounds and exhausting. If you, don't, if you don't have roadies and all that kind of thing with you, you know, you're right. you're kind of like you know, you're kind of doing it all yourself. And and the old joke about the singer. You know, never doing anything in my yeah. band. Like I, I own the PA and I own a lot of the equipment, so I'm the one end, that ends up having to carry, right. you know, tons of stuff and set everything up and stuff. So, um, my band can't. And I, I'm going to say this: that my band can't complain about me not setting stuff up, all right, <laughs> or not bringing stuff in. I carry, I carry the PA every time. Um, but uh, so, so you started getting into guitar because of your your older brother. Your older brother, and so did you start songwriting like immediately, or was it kind of just you started learning cover songs um, and stuff like that? No, I mean, I was trying to write songs before I ever really, really started playing guitar. Um, I told you the other day, my, my first, the first song I ever wrote was like a plagiarized country song. Yeah. Like I just copied it almost, almost verbatim, <laughs> and it was like, oh, I can't write a song. It was nine years old or something yeah. like that. Um. And so, I mean, I've been trying to, I've been trying to write music for a lot longer than I've been actually playing it. Um, the old fake it till you make it. Yeah. So my guitar, the guitar I got into because of my oldest brother, Jim, um, singing, I got into because of my brother, Joe, who said one time that I was like, I want to be a singer. Hmm. Um, and I thought, Oh, I want to be like Joe. So I'm going to be a singer. Does he still, does your yeah. older brother still play? Yeah. Um, he still sings. My, my oldest brother still plays, um, guitar. Uh, he had some stuff on like uh, was it SoundCloud or something like that yeah. for a little while, um, but it was more like electronic experimental stuff because he got into like Moby and some of the more like, yeah yeah uh, like electronic yeah stuff. dubstep and stuff like that. See, I when I when I was growing up and and just learning to play guitar, started songwriting, all that so, sort of thing it was in the '90s, right mm. when when Nirvana came out and and Pearl Jam and all those alternative bands that were very like anti-establishment. Right. You know, you don't want to you don't want to write popular songs <laughs> like you want them to be as unpopular almost as right. as possible was kind of the mindset um, back then. So I started writing just almost noise, but I used to write poetry a lot too. So I would add in, you know, like words to that. But I remember the first few songs I wrote. People liked them. I oh mean, I have a story about a Sweet Sixteen party I, I played once when I was younger, but maybe I'll save that for a, 
uh, a later episode. We we got hired as a band to play the si- Sweet Sixteen party. See, you're gonna save it, was it our, for another episode, but now you're gonna tell why you're saving it. For yeah, episode, well, so. well, it was our first gig <laughs> ever. We were a three piece band, and we used to practice in a space in Queens. Um, in the basement of this Democratic club, right? My, uh-huh. my drummer, his his older brother or something, worked for the Democratic like party there, and they had this building where they would hold meetings and stuff like that. But we were allowed to be in the basement, but there was always like it was dirt floor, okay? So there was no no, it wasn't finished basement. It was dirt floor. There was about an inch of water throughout the whole thing, so all of our amps and stuff had to be on like milk crates like above it uh-huh. and you had to like hang the wires appropriately so you wouldn't get electrocuted but still the only plugs that were down there were all like shorted or whatever so every time i would get even remotely close to the microphone at the same time i was holding the guitar i would get an electric yeah. shock yeah. so it, it almost taught me you know like people have to learn how to like keep a fist in between themselves and the microphone when they they sing it was like a it was like electroshock yeah um you know therapy or whatever whatever it's called what was that pavlov's uh, thing where he rings the bell, you know, is that it, Pavlov? Yeah. Um, but I'd get Except shocked. You weren't every getting time. a treat. Yeah. Every time. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we ended up playing the Sweet Sixteen, and it did not go the way the young lady that was turning Sweet Sixteen, I think, had hoped that that gig would go. Yeah. So, um, but that, well, the reason I bring that up is because some of the songs I wrote back then, while um, I thought they were terrible, people seemed to kind of like them. Mm. Um, and I found that even though I had terrible songs, like the more I wrote, kind of the better I got each song that I wrote got a little bit better right. and a little bit better and a little bit better. Um, so you started kind of just playing around, making, you know, doing the dead fish with your hand, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. yeah, the dead fish. That's uh, how I learned to play rhythm. Um, and I've, rhythm's always been my strong suit um, because of playing in the churches and stuff like that. It's just like there wasn't a high demand for um, intricate leads and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, what was that like for playing in in church bands? And stuff? Um, I I, I kind of miss it sometimes, you know. Um, I don't know. You just you you. There, I've been a part of churches that like didn't put an emphasis on doing things really well, um, and I've been a part of churches that like put too much emphasis on doing things really well. Yeah. Um, so you go from one one extreme where it's like. It doesn't really matter if we were all in time or in sync, and huh. it's like it's kind of like this, like what we were happy to just play together. Do you feel like that was the smaller churches that you were in, or it was um, like just so? Well, the smallest church I was in put put the biggest emphasis on it. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So, so, and that was like you screw up a chord and somebody notices it and then you get like, you get flogged, you get a conversation about it afterwards. Like <laughs> how can we prevent this? In the is future? this like, is this how steak is this how Jesus would have played his guitar? Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> you have to go so, to, you have to go to confession afterwards and confess but, your, I mean, I, I miss it. I miss it because, uh, like <laughs> you, you felt like you were a part of something that mattered. Um, hmm. and, I haven't had a whole lot of that in the last couple. Of years, I feel like yeah, I feel like Christian music. I've I've, I've heard some. You know, I haven't. I, I was never really into mm. into that and, and the religious thing. But like, you know, I've heard a lot of Christian bands and stuff like that, and they're usually pretty tight. Yep. And the stuff that I've seen of like, you know, I have some some friends that do audio and stuff here in in Rochester, 
for some of the churches and stuff and the production quality of some of these things. Like, I don't yeah. know where these churches are getting this money from, but <laughs> but like the production quality of some of it is fantastic. And yep. like you said, I guess maybe I'm just so used to seeing those bigger productions that I have this like this this thought process of a, of a church being like super, you know, tight bands mm-hmm. that are, you know, really, really on point and they have their you know, good equipment and all that stuff. But I'm assuming probably some of these other churches are, yeah. are, I mean, are yeah, not in it, that. It really depends on where you're at. Some of the bigger churches are going to have the budget for it. Um, yeah. And they're going to have a little bit more of a rigorous, like, uh, audition process. Mm. Um, I've thought about actually trying out for a church, too, but then I feel like if I step inside of it, they might they might know that I'm, <laughs> I'm me. And then they're, you know, they're going to kick me out immediately. But do you, do you think that it gave you a good insight into like the band dynamic? Because I think yeah. that's something that takes a lot of learning, like being yeah. part of a band and making it successful and having everyone kind of go along with a particular vision mm-hmm. for how that is. Um, do you feel like you learned a lot of like discipline around being in a band from yeah. that? Yeah, um, I know. I know at one point um, I had gone to this bigger church on the west side of Greece here um, and I got... I got to the point with that one where I was like, I, I was a little bit drained mm. um, from having to like work so hard at everything. And it's something like in, in retrospect, I appreciate the fact that I had that um, kind of like boot camp for. Yeah, because then uh, the next church, um, I left that church to go to help plant a church and I led the music at that one. And I was leading a rotation of like up to 12 people. So we had like two or three different drummers, um, three you just bit, say different plant, bases. Plant a church, yeah, plant a church. Like a for, for the uninitiated, that yeah. means you're just like you're starting a new church. That's gotcha. yeah, yeah. all it is. I figured it's, it's <laughs> there's there's a that's cool. Been, I've been so much. A part I dig of it. I like the metaphor. Long. I like the metaphor behind it. Um, yeah, so I learned how to. I learned some interpersonal skills and and. Um, I had a few people quit because they thought I was being too abrasive and huh. that was, there was something for me to learn from there too. Is I could take a step back and, and be like, okay, is there huh. something I can do better here? Is there a way I can work with people better? Um, that's interesting. So, yeah. Cause I don't, you don't strike me as someone that's going to be like really a, a hard ass or whatever. Yeah. You know, no, I try not bad. to be, I really do try not to be, but you um, feel like you learn kind of like leading people and yeah. some, some leadership skills yeah. from it and stuff. Um, huh. So and my bass is now in my band. Um, why did so, wait? Did someone like tell you to to f off or something? Not exactly. You, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, we had this guy. Um, he was part. No of the, names, He was part know? of the band yeah. early on, um, and we maintained a good friendship after he after he stepped down, um, or stepped down after he quit, yeah. quit yeah. the team, so so to speak. Um, but. Um, he just he just felt like I was being a little a little bit too hard up on everybody to yeah, do yeah. things perfectly, and I was like, "We're a bunch of amateur musicians. You can't really yeah, ask yeah. too much." Yeah. Plus, some of it is just you're just having fun a little right. bit too, so you can't be too right. You know. Yeah, I, I learned I learned a lot from that particular um, conversation, and we I feel like by the time by the time I had to step away from that, um, like we all got we all got along really well as, as a team. We'd sit down before practices and we have, we'd have conversations about life and we'd yeah. laugh together and we'd, yeah. um, we'd encourage each other and, um, and even same, same kind of the same situation with my band now. With the yeah, what's the name of it? Again? Spearfish guest. Right. Um, we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> but Caleb, my bassist, he's from, from this particular church that I had led at. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, you told me about that, that yeah, he was from and, that. 
and my drummer, he's been a part of several different churches as well. Um, so Caleb and I have had, a, we've maintained a pretty good friendship throughout the last seven, seven years or so. Um, right on. Yeah. So you think that like that, especially, well, I guess if you played together in a band already, you kind mm-hmm. of already have the dynamic. I found that like when, when you have bands, um, there's almost like, almost like a language that each band has. It's like mm-hmm. a relationship. You know, I always equate equate bands to like being in a marriage with like, you know, five or six, whoop, five or six different people or whatever. Um, you know, depending on the, the group. That'd be... That, would that be like a... No, I wouldn't use that analogy. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like you have to, you have to, to manage the relationships with everyone. because everyone, Everyone's a different person. You know, yep. they take feedback differently. Yeah. Um, and, and it helps to, it helps to really click well right off the bat. Like, um, for Caleb and Zach and I, we, we all get along really well. Mm. Um, and that was, that was important. Like, we didn't want to bring in somebody who was, who just, didn't click even if he was a good musician yeah um do you guys it was good for it was good for us to have like we we all have um like similar ideas of what we want from music zach was like zach's a jazz drummer so it's been a little bit of an adaptation for him um but that's good jazz drummers are usually good yeah he's 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 pretty solid he's he's a good dude um and he's he's been able to give a lot of good input and and um so like I like playing, I like having the the input from multiple different people. Um, even if I like, I wrote the song, right. and I have a vision for it, but then you bring it to a, a a few different people, and they have all got different perspectives on it. And and like, what if we did this? Or what if we did that? Um, hmm. Well, that's uh, obviously this is the songwriter's couch, right? Yeah. So where where I want to talk about about your songwriting process. So do you feel? So you kind of just said that you come in probably, especially now, uh, at the beginning of the band, because this is just, what, six months old, this band, maybe a year? Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of the songs kind of came either from you or one of the other uh, bandmates or whatever that, that you're playing or you're practicing now. Um, do you feel like you, you kind of are in the process of writing together as you go on, or is it something where you come in with a almost finished song and they kind of... Um, you know, flesh it out and yeah. So, so usually what happens is is I'm gonna get a little closer to the mic here. Um, <laughs> usually what happens is I'll I'll write a song and I'll hash it out and I'll I'll get it to the point where I feel like okay I think I know where I want to go with this, um, and then I'll bring it to the band. I've only really written one or two songs since we started, hmm. um, but we're not really writing together right now. Eventually, I would like to bring in somebody else who's like they're a writer, they're a vocalist, they're a guitarist, and I would like to have somebody to like bounce out off and back and forth with a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Because like going back to the same thing with production, I don't like necessarily being the only one. Yeah. Um, it, I feel... the face of something. I, I feel like it, it gets very one-dimensional when you do that. Yeah. So you have to be able to take the input of your other bandmates and, right. and, and their suggestions and all that because I think it just makes it a more dynamic yeah. you know, end product. And, and I think... The people that that want to have their ideas be the forefront or whatever, as opposed to serving whatever the song is, mm. I think those those are the people that don't end up actually having good right. good music. You know, if you can take that input of of the rest of the people that are uh, trying to give input, and you can actually you know implement it into the songs, right. I think they become like way more more right. dynamic and interesting. Yeah, absolutely, like you write you write from one person's perspective, and you might only reach. Like one other person who can relate to you, you invite multiple perspectives into it, 
And then how all of a sudden you've got, you've got a much more adaptable. How do you typically um, start a song? Like, is it, I'll give my example of, of usually I'm in my, my boxer shorts in the morning, um, cup of coffee in front of me, you know, scratching myself and, and what have you, but I grab a guitar, I'm drinking my coffee, and I start playing something, I'm like, oh, this is, this is interesting or whatever, and then a lot of times it'll kind of just come quickly, and those are my favorite songs usually, the ones that kind of just happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it comes from. Um, it's usually right when I wake up, because I feel like I'm fresh. My brain is kind of fresh at that time yeah. of day. Um, so some of the best songs that I've written have been at that like early hour, like 8 a.m., you know, I'm just, right. like I said, drinking a cup of coffee or whatever. Um, and then I start kind of writing a riff, and then I'll add some lyrics, or I'll have a hook that I'll start singing, usually mumbling some sort of melody, and then right. it ends up turning into a song. So how do you start your songs typically? Um, it, it varies, honestly. Like, I don't know if I have a typical process exactly. There, there are often times where, like, I'll have a riff or a lyric idea that I've been sitting on for a, a year couple months to a year and then I'll suddenly like I'll, I'll get the the inspiration is like okay I know I know what I want to do with this um we talked about distance before on um, the song I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna try to belt that out right now but um whereas like I was I had the chorus in my head for probably two or three years and I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I knew I wanted to do something with it, so I held on to it like for dear life. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I didn't know where I wanted to go with it until my parents started to to kind of separate, and uh, and all of a sudden, I had direction for it. Um, Isn't that amazing? And it came like, very it came very quickly once I once I knew what it was. Um, it was like forty five minutes maybe. Um, 30, 30 to 45 minutes. Right. Like and that. It just, just, com- just a, like comes out. Yeah. yeah. And, yep. and it's interesting too how much um, like painful moments and that sort of thing. Cause I, I, I tend to write my best stuff too in those situations. Like things mm-hmm. that aren't, I don't write the best happy songs or love right. songs. I'm always like, I don't write love songs. I write almost like anti love songs, right. <laughs> so to speak. Um, but I feel like I get a lot of inspiration from those that like heart wrenching. Uh, kind of feeling that, yeah. that really like makes you know you're alive yeah it's um, it's it's honest it's real it's dirty it's like um i think sometimes love songs are so hard to write because um unless you're feeling it in that particular moment it comes off like campy and kind of yeah insincere um yeah I, it's I, it's really hard for me to write upbeat songs um just because i feel like like i'm i'm, I'm i usually have to try too hard for it and it kind of sounds huh. hokey that that's interesting because I, I kind of feel the same way. Like I try, I mean, I have upbeat songs, but they tend to be darker, like oh, just uh-huh. like rock and roll type right. of upbeat songs versus a, you know, like an Ed Sheeran who writes like lo- you know these sweet love songs about whatever. Or maybe I'm jaded in my old age or whatever. And I can't, I just can't write them anymore. Um, but uh, but yeah, I feel like even when I do write something that's even like a semi love song, there's got to be that that uh, dark side of it. Um, like uh, my, one of my songs is called "Pass the Whiskey" or whatever, and it's it's about um, done with love, pass the whiskey, right? That's right, this delicious whiskey. Um, but there's got to be that because it it gives something additional to it. Like it feels again, if you're you're like you said, it sounds or it feels campy in a way. Mm-hmm. Like it feels one dimensional. Like if it doesn't have that dark side of of right. that feeling to it too. Yeah. So even even with uh, guarded. 
Guarded is like this upbeat blues rock song. And I wanted to write something lighthearted with it, but it's still got this like counter. Um, I'm not ready to fall in love. Yeah. And I think you're playing me kind of thing going on with it. Huh. So, uh, so there's, there's a twist to it. It's like, it's upbeat, it's fun. And then you start listening to the lyrics and you go, maybe, maybe not so much. Maybe you're not as happy as you, you're coming <laughs> off right now. Right. But hmm. do you think what, what, what would be your favorite, um, out of your songs that you've, you've written? What's your favorite, I guess? Cause I have my favorites that I like to play. Mm-hmm. You know, like my favorite song to play. And then I have my favorite kind of um, song that I like to almost listen to of my own, too. Mm. Do you have a couple of, like, what, what are your songs that you just love playing? Yeah, so so Distance is probably probably the song I'm the proudest of. Mm. Um, and then I think because it, like, it, it hits you so hard, it's like, oh, my gosh, that... I felt that one. Mm. Um, goodbye. Goodbye came very quickly last November. I, I've said this to, to other people before. Like I sat down, I had no idea where I was going with it. Um, I didn't know what I was writing, but I sat down and just started playing a few chords and it just like, it, it was like, it was like this, this, it was there. I just didn't know it was there and it was waiting for me to, to give it the time and place to come out. Um, and so that one came very quickly. I sat down like an hour before going to open mic and wrote it all down. And then I went to open mic and played it. And and it was like instantly like everybody in the room just shut up and they listened for the entire song. And I said to myself, it's like, this is this is this is <laughs> this is a good one. This one's a keeper. Yeah. You know what I've noticed, too, when you do that at open mics, when you play a new song sometimes and it's super fresh, like you write it that mm. morning or whatever and you go and you play it in front of people. Um, there, there's this because it's so fresh, it's so emotional that that, it, you know, it usually comes across really well. Mm. And then sometimes I'll play it again, like later on when I fleshed it out more, or mm. like feel like I've perfected the song a little more. And, and it loses the, the luster yeah, a little it's bit. Almost a little less emotion. Yeah. There's um, there was uh, Demi Lovato wrote a song called Anyone. Um, and she she said that the, she had to because the, the recording itself is a little rough because mm. it's just a piano and it's her. But she's like, I think I ha- I feel I felt like I have to I had to record it because otherwise it was gonna lose. Like if we kept you know finessing it more mm-hmm. and more and more, it was gonna lose its like raw emotional right. state. You know, right? And that's one thing I've determined with Goodbye is that when I go to record it, it's just gonna be me and a guitar. I mm. might not even use a click track, um, just because. I don't want it to lose what it is in the production. Yeah, um, there's a lot of other songs like they need they need the whole big thing. They need the, the extra guitars. They need the drums. They need. Um, there are a few songs like I hate playing acoustic, and I won't play them at open mics, but I'll play them with the band. Yeah. Um, huh. yes. But that's me too. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so there's that, a few of those, but so but with I'm goodbye, guessing because you yeah. you were in church bands and all that um, that you. Uh, you have a belief in uh, in a higher power, right? So, yeah. so let me ask you this super loaded question oh about songwriting. Well, it's not super loaded. <laughs> Where do you think these songs come from, Nate? Like, do you think they come from? Um, do you think they they come from somewhere else? I, I remember hearing. I think it was, um, it was maybe Paul McCartney 
saying it's like magic like it, it like it it comes from somewhere that you kind of just don't know where you know yeah, like Paul, it's Paul coming McCartney from had some other chemical influences going on there too i think <laughs> that's true um, <laughs> that's true although that's they said, real. <laughs> I, think, I think they said didn't they say something like they never did lsd or something like that they like i think they were just I mean, lying, lsd is just one kind of yeah you can not do lsd and do tons of other things that, that is time, true so yeah so that um, one that one thing you're saying I mean, they didn't do <laughs> was it what is it they say lucy in the sky with diamonds yeah well, so, they said, uh, who was it? Was it John that wrote that, or was it was Paul? It's the crap out of me. So, I but know. I think one of them said, like, oh, it was a picture of their daughter wrote or whatever, or drew, and it had, like, Lucy in the sky with diamonds, which is what, like, okay. the picture was or whatever, and that's where it came from. I mean, I've seen my kids' drawings. I could believe that. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I mean, I mean, I would assume that LSD, because I, I don't personally know, um, that, uh, <laughs> that, that a thought like that would, would, you know, about a picture or whatever. Because um, I've been inspired by by crazy stuff too, like all mm. sorts of stuff. But where do you think it comes from? Do you think it comes from you? Do you think I, it's like the universe kind of delivering it? And and so I I would I would how would I phrase this? I would like to think of myself as like a practical deist. Mm. Um, like I believe in God, um, but I don't think everything has to necessarily like He doesn't necessarily like light the fire behind everything, right? Um, so I, I still believe in, in, in the real world along with that. Um, my emotions are real and they're my emotions. Um, my experiences are real. They're my experiences. Um, and I like to believe that God has a hand in everything, but I don't know that necessarily um, he is the cause for everything, hmm. if, if you know yep, what I mean. Yep. Um, I say that carefully because there's a line of theology that I like to think along and sometimes that like kicks against that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um but I'm uh I don't know. So so I think even if even if I if I go to read the the Bible and I read through the book of Psalms, there's a lot of experiences, a lot of psalms that are written in there that are like they're brutally honest. Um they're dealing with some some crap and they're like god just like squash my enemies please <laughs> um and i don't think those lines are particularly inspired mm. like i don't think i don't think god's prompting the guy to ask god to slaughter his enemies for him right <laughs> but <clears throat> but i understand the angst behind it too mm. like as a human it's like well i wonder sometimes too cuz Fix this. Yeah, because we, we write, we write uh, like like you and I, kind of similar. It's almost like um, like fists to the to the sky mm. songs sometimes too. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, um, like why why is this the way things are right. or something? Right. I um, spent I've spent I've spent the last year like God, why in the frick did you not fix my marriage? Like what the heck? <laughs> um, do you do you think that? Um, like writing, when when you write a song, right? Do you do you sit down to write it, or is it something like you, like you just said? You kind of have an emotional feeling about something, and it just kind of comes out of you, and and yeah, it, it goes it goes a number of ways. Um, with uh, the song called "Fight with Me," it's just this like angsty punk song. Um, I had the idea for it for a long time, um, but I knew that I needed to be angry when I wrote it, so. 
as soon as I got that feeling, it was like, I need to sit down and I need to write this before I'm not angry anymore. Mm. Um, so that was a very deliberate, like, I got home from work and I sat down with my guitar and I hashed it out and then I walked away from it. And that's one of those songs where I, I like, I'm not proud of it lyrically. Yeah. But then you go to listen to some other punk songs and you're like, these, are, these yeah. aren't well-written yeah, songs. <laughs> There's nothing well-written about you've, a lot of these. So You've so heard Cardi B before, right? <laughs> lyrically. Don't, don't, don't even get me started. Yeah, it's not, um. <laughs> it's, it's not very, uh, very subtle uh, poetry. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's also, I mean, that, like, it's not punk. So, yeah. so part, of, part of, I think, the appeal of punk is that it's just like, it's so hodgepodge. Yeah. It's nothing's perfect. Um, yeah, they're just it's just it's just a, it's like a mess that works. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of where I feel like that song, even though I was I was I was pissed off when I wrote it, but I knew I had to be. Um, Hmm. And That's, and still, like I, I'll sing through the song with a band, and we're not playing to anybody. I'm like, these lyrics are kind of cringy, yeah. <laughs> but they are what they needed to be. Yeah. Um, do Do you think that? Um, <laughs> That's interesting. So, like the the uh, uh, the songwriter in you caused you to say, "I have this emotion." And and you're almost like looking at it from the outside, which is which is how I, I write songs too, mm-hmm. right? So you're you're looking at it almost as if you're looking at it like you're dissociating. Yeah, from like the emotion. you're an observer uh, looking at it, and it helps you gain some perspective, maybe on the. I don't you know, know. I've never thought about it that way before. Yeah, it's almost like like going, you know people go to therapy and stuff, and I feel like songwriters and and musicians tend to kind of put a lot of their emotions into yeah. their music, yeah, and I wonder sure. if like it's it's a way of. Uh, you know, almost like coping with the... I, I think that's accurate. Um, I mean, music has been my therapy, going open mics and whatnot for the last year. Um, year and a half. Year and a half it's been. I think I started going in March. Pour you a little, a little yes, more. Please. <laughs> um, March of 2022, I started going open mics regularly. Um, and I started writing again. Um, do you feel like you're a, a more emotionally stable person now for playing music? <laughs> I say that jokingly because there's no way that that's, that's no, the case. No, that's usually. not a, that's not, no, music doesn't stabilize your emotions. Um, but it helps get them music, out. It, right? it definitely gets them out. Um, I don't think, I don't know if you resolve anything with music. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. don't what's, what's really interesting about it too is I think that... Um, you almost, it's almost like a picture um, that you take of a moment in time, but but instead of it being a you know a physical picture that you're looking at, it's 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 an emotional photograph mm-hmm. uh, in music uh, form of of like a time in your life or a, a, you know a, uh, an experience that you had or an emotion or what have you, and it's it's really because I, I I listen to some of my old songs. Or even songs I've I've written recently, and you listen to them, and you almost you almost realize later on what they mean, or at least that's mm-hmm. for me. Some of my songs I I'll write, and I kind of don't know what they mean almost in the beginning, right. uh, and then you look back at it or you listen to it again, you're like, oh, 
um, it's, that was very like poignant actually to, to what I was mm. feeling at that moment. It's like a, like a looking back at a, you know, a photograph of, of that moment in time and in your life. And, um, look at this photograph. <laughs> that, that is Every just, time I do, it that, makes me laugh. That's right. <laughs> that's My a good favorite band ever. Is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that again? That's the, is that Nickelback or is that? Yeah, everybody likes to hate on Nickelback yeah. because it's fun. I legitimately, I legitimately just don't like Nickelback. I mean, I'm one of those people. People have a uh, a good um, a good response to it, obviously, right? Yeah. Because yeah. They, there's a, there's a place for them. Yeah. Um, so let's do this. So can I ask you a favor? So I don't know what that error message is there that's popping up there. Can you just tell me what that says there real quick? Um, so, and I apologize because this is the first episode that we're doing here, but we do have some. Um, uh, choose no, please. Perfect. And it's still recording, yeah? All right, excellent. All right, thank you. Um, so... I guess one of the one of the things I'd like to do with this channel too is because there's, there's going to be young people that are starting out in songwriting and maybe it's not on guitar, maybe it's on their computer, maybe it's on their iPhone or whatever, and they're doing GarageBand and just playing piano and and making beats or whatever. Um, and it's probably going to be terrible when they first start. Um, it's probably going to you're going to make terrible songs. And I know on the first version of this episode, we kind of talked about doing a thousand. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, write a thousand songs and then see if you're good at it. Um, because you write so much stuff um, that you end up just throwing away. Yeah. You know, you have these like riffs that are just kind of go nowhere or you thought, oh, this is great. And you listen back to it, you know, later in the evening, you're like, oh, man, I didn't even think that's, that's a terrible, you know, <laughs> a terrible riff or whatever. Yeah. Um, like what what would be, a, I guess, a, a tip or a trick or a, um, I hate the word life hack, but but some sort of, uh, tip for people that are just starting out in songwriting, like what you know, yeah. maybe you know now that you um, didn't know back then. I don't. I don't remember all of what I said last time, but I, I do remember saying like, just keep writing. Um, you're gonna write bad songs. You're gonna write some good songs, um, and the good songs will make you realize what sticks. But I mean, I've written I've written more songs that I've scrapped than that I've kept. Um, so don't be afraid to write a song and crumple it up and throw it away. Mm. It's okay. Or maybe even come back to it, you know. Yeah. Keep log some ideas and, and come back to them later. I have, again, the bridge The bridge for distance was one of those, like, I didn't like the song, but I loved the bridge, so hmm. I kept, I, I stole the bridge from a different song and stuck it in distance, and that's the way it stayed. So that, I've done that, too, where I've actually taken other, other song, like, riffs that I thought were going to be a full song, right. and then they end up just being either the chorus or the bridge. Mm. Uh, to something, you know, and I end yep. up just listening to it by chance, going through my notes on my, or whatever, the, you know, the audio notes on my yeah. phone or whatever. Um, and I, I'd, I'd concur with that. I think my uh, my songwriting has uh, only gotten better because I've written so much garbage right. that it's almost like you have to get it out of you Yeah. Uh, so that <laughs> yep. that you have, yep. you know. You can I, remember, I remember once, like, spending a few hours on this one song, and it was long, and I worked the... I worked my butt off for it, and I got to the end, and I read it back over, and I was like, "This is garbage." <laughs> right. uh, what did what did I? I can't write songs. Yeah. What in the heck? Um, so so, yeah. Just I just keep writing. Don't be discouraged by this by the stuff that sucks. Um, you're gonna you're gonna write some garbage, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but don't let that stop you. Let like grab onto the grab onto the stuff that's good, and learn from learn from both. And just keep going. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I think that's that's probably one of the most important things is just keep doing something. The more you do it, the better you get at yep. at whatever it is, whether it be songwriting or life or or um, podcasting, let's say, or yep. or whatever the case may be. Um, the more times an electrician zaps himself, the more that, he figures out what doesn't work. That's right. <laughs> that's right. The more you get uh, you get booed. I think that's why com- <laughs> why comedians are so uh, such a hearty a hearty group of individuals, human beings, because they they go up there. They ha- and can I just say something? I want to I want to say something. If there are any comedians listening to this podcast or watching us, props. Um, I have yeah, I have so much respect, so much especially. Respect. Especially when they end up going to a, a mainly music open mic, um, and the, nobody laughs. the amount of cojones you have to have to get up there, yeah, and 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 there's music, so you're you're not in the proper like you know, uh, yeah, you're definitely experience. the oddball on that yeah, situation. Yeah, you get there, you got like ten minutes to like get the crowd on your side and all that. So big respect to comedians out there that go to go to mainly musical open mics and just in general comedians are. Yeah, you uh, figure out what people don't laugh at and you. Yeah, and I, I've actually taken a lot of. Uh, uh, comedian's um, way of writing jokes into how I approach uh, sometimes my performances, my, my live performances and that's stuff. That's why I don't laugh at you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I'll go out there and I'll play something and if the audience, like you said, doesn't react to it, doesn't, like, especially at, at like a place like Love and Cup, uh, for instance, which is a, an open mic, that's actually where you and I met. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a restaurant and it's a bar, but they just happen to have music. Yeah, it's sort like a of dinner right? theater kind of a so, thing. Yeah, so when they have the open mic, like there are people there that are not there to listen to music. They're they're there to like have dinner, have drinks or whatever with their family. Yeah, and you open, know because Matt will say it, and then they'll get up and walk out. Yeah, or <laughs> if they stick around, they wait to see. Okay, is this person that's coming up uh, going to be actually good enough for me to want to stick around? Mm-hmm. And I think my gauge is if I start, you know, if I play a couple of songs, and those people that it looks like they we're not going to stick around, end up staying and or coming after me, you know, up to me yep. afterwards, like, oh, that was great. That was really yep. good or something like that. Or they end up staying even for a couple of acts after me because they, they're hoping that everyone else hits them in the way that like right. my songs hit them. Then I know, OK, that's a good song yep. um, that I play, especially if it's a new one. I'll usually bring them out in that in that environment. So um, comedians do that a lot. They do crowd work and they. You know, they go out and they have to test the jokes in front of people to right. see how people react. And I think musicians have to do that too. Yeah. You know, yeah. to some extent. So, yeah. um, so let's do this. Let's let's call it here. Um, and I want to thank you first of all, Nathan, for for being kind of the guinea pig to our for sure uh, to my show here that we've we've started and, and we're going to do lots more. And if you're a songwriter um, and you want to be on the show, reach out to us. Um, on our Instagram, on our Facebook, uh, or, or however, I'm Patrick Joen. So reach out to me, however you can, uh, you can get a hold of me, uh, and we'll talk about getting you on the show and talking about your songwriting process, etc. Um, but you're gonna play a song for us now, and let me just see. Can you turn that microphone real quick, just so I make it, is it the green light on on it? Green light's on. It is okay. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about what this song is that you're gonna play, and then we'll get right into it. So. Um. So I played Goodbye the other day. Should I, should I just stick to that? Yeah. Okay. Just give me a second to, oh, you got a tune. to fix myself here. So the song is called Goodbye, right? Nate's a big fan of uh, the alternate tunings as well, so... Um, while he tunes here, I just want to say also, 
Uh, we're continuing to get sponsors along the way. Uh, we've got a few. Um, if you're interested in being a sponsor, again, reach out. And we'll, we'll happily consider uh, what you want. We definitely want sponsors that are kind of in the vein of music and probably whiskey too. But um, yeah, just reach out to us and, and we'll, uh, we'll talk. Ready to... Yeah, so um, I mentioned this earlier. Goodbye is, is one of those songs where I didn't know what I was getting into when I sat down to, to, to write. I knew that I wanted to write something, and I knew I, I knew that I needed to. Um, but I didn't know what was coming of it. So I just sat down and wrote the song. This is really um, November of last year. I was still going through a divorce, and I think this was my coming to terms kind of song. Yeah. It's like, if we can make this work, I want to make this work, but I get it. Um, at the same time. And I will say it's a very catchy song, too. Every time you play this, I end up singing it for, <laughs> for a while afterwards. So. All right, so you want to just get into it? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so I sat down, I started playing a couple generic chords, and this is what came of it. All right, so Nathan Teal, and the song is Goodbye. This is crazy But I don't know why Moving on Hasn't been easy Just feels like a lie I can't just let go If there's a chance to hold on And I can't just throw this away Because Away just means you're gone Why don't we say we're sorry Why can't we give this one more try If we were meant to be Then how can we just let this die And I don't believe you've moved on now So how can you know that he's so right if you change your mind Then I'll be running home Tonight I know this is my fault And I know where I went wrong I can't erase it, but goodbye seems so wrong, so wrong. Didn't we swear forever? Does not matter now. If we turned it into never, help me. Sense of the sun now. I 
Nathan, again, thank you for being part of the first episode. What the? Okay. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a little bit of the punk, the punk rock and roll uh, coming through. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone. Anyone that's listening, anyone that's watching right now, we really appreciate it. If you haven't a chance uh, and you haven't yet, please subscribe like the video, do a little comment, what you'd like to see, what you would like to see less of. Uh, if that's less of me, maybe we could find a different host. We'll see. Um, different. Oh, you want to host? Well, Nathan's going to take over from now on. So, um, But uh, anything you'd like to see, anything you, you, you uh, want to see less of, please let me know. Um, and uh, Nathan, again, thank you for coming on. We got great guests already booked for the upcoming uh, episodes. Uh, that just happened yesterday. It was like a flurry of of guest booking and stuff. Ooh. And stay tuned again for uh, whoever our sponsors are. We might have them on for a little little secret uh, episode thing going on. Um, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Nate, thanks, man. Absolutely. Let's drink some more whiskey after this and 
you know, if we're if we're uh, not arrested by the end of the night, then it wasn't a good night. So I have to work tomorrow. Okay. Well, you don't have to get arrested. <laughs> I'll get arrested tonight after uh, uh, some drinking to debauchery okay. and. Uh, uh, you, love you, you man. Do, you do what you do. And well, <laughs> oh wait, one last thing. You guys got to stay tuned because myself, Nathan, and some other songwriters here in town have got something super, super uh, secretive planned for next year. So um, I'll announce that as soon as we're able to announce it. But we've got something, something big, 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 big planned. So uh, thank you everyone for the ep- first episode here and, and sticking with us and watching it and putting up with any technical difficulties that may or may not have been a part of this. Uh, we won't know until after we edit it. Um, but uh, we'll see you on the next episode later. Bye.